Hi and welcome. It's uh, quarter to three o'clock on a somber Tuesday, January 19th here in Toledo. Uh, why, we'll get to where we are right now with that shortly. Uh, welcome to the podcast. It's Eric Chase and the fam. Hello, Alex. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's some things, but I'm I'm mostly totally fine. So uh, sure. I th- think we'll have a good podcast today. Janet should be joining us momentarily. Um, I sent her her stuff, and she said two four. Well, I said three. She said two forty five. I said deal. <laughs> so I'll take it until she gets here, uh, and we'll get to the officer stalker stuff and where we are now with that, and some fifteen dollar minimum wage, and then some fun things as well. But first, you saw the story about people, I guess, just in Israel, but probably all over, having a hard time or or only adopting small dogs and medium sized dogs. So there's a bunch of big dogs left in kennels, and it hurt you. Um, I did see that story. It was sad. I think that's sad that there's just big, big, bigums left. But that's also, I mean, isn't, isn't the most common shelter dog like a pit bull or an American terrier or whatever you want to call it? I don't know. But I, I do know that, that like small and medium dogs go pretty quickly. Yeah, they do. Because I, I don't, I I don't know. I don't have the data, but I gather that most people adopting, um, Mm -hmm live in apartments or smaller places. I know this has certainly applied to me several times. So I'm like, I need a medium dog. And that's usually what they are. Sure. And you certainly have two small ones of your own. I do. I have two little runts of my own laying right next to me. So I apologize if they bark because they'll be very close. No, (laughs) They're cuddling, which is shocking. They're part of the fam as well. And uh, (laughs) Mooney is part of the fam. Ooh, Mooney. She not here. Oh. There they go. Nobody's here, just walking down the stairs out in the hallway. Janet, I'm sorry. Your moon. Wow, it was like on beat. Janet, your Mooney, what? I can't hear her. He's a good boy, and I. I would like to. I, I didn't think anything could take our relationship to a higher level level other than some form of intimacy involving, I don't know, things that would make you uncomfortable with, with, with consent, with consent. But you having a dog has brought us to a higher level of connection. Eric. Yes, Alex. I, I can't hear Janet at all. So it sounds like you're just talking to yourself. Really? How about now? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I love animals. In fact, when I do parties at uh, my clients' homes and they put their dogs in a room, the dogs are barking and they'll come in and they'll say, well, we didn't want the dog to bother you and the company doesn't like the dogs and whatever. And I'll say, well, it's their home, not your yeah. company's home. Right. If they can't accept your dog, then they need to leave your dogs. And that's how I am. I just believe it's their home too, you know? It is. I'm a, I'm a fanatic about that. Alex knows so, what it's like when uh, when people come to visit and my dogs lose their mind. <laughs> Diddy, Diddy does happy peas. Thankfully, it's just like little spurts. I had I had one dog Aww. named named Tootsie. You literally, my mom would say, "Get <laughs> like get her in the get her outside, get her outside." Or like there would have to be a greeting in the yard because Tootsie would have a stream. Diddy just 
happy peas and tinkles. And my friend Josh was over last week, and he's like, Diddy, don't you know who I am by now? Aww, Aww cuteness. Uh, Miss totally Janet, cuteness. Do we have uh, do we have more planets lined up? We have a lot of things going on, but did you love what I wrote about Martin Luther King? I would expect nothing less from you because you, uh, we don't talk about this a whole lot, but you are a very thoughtful, diverse, loving, uh, inviting oh, individual. Yeah. I, my father absolutely adored him and uh, used to go to, because sometimes when he would have his little, his lectures, that was an, he was an incredible man. He was an incredible human being. It was just, and, and I can never say enough about him, so I always honor his birthday like you wouldn't believe. So I think we have a lot of things coming up. You know, we have, we had our, our little new moon thing on the, uh, on January 13th, but now we have a full moon coming at more towards the end of the month, but we're feeling the effects of it right now, and as the sun is also in the sign of Aquarius, which is wonderful, but on Inauguration Day, you saw what I wrote about that, too, right? Yeah. That's not exactly, wasn't exactly a nice little picture of what's going on, but we have a lot of planetary influences that are going to be hectic, mm. and we have to be aware that it's going to be a little crazy because we have... Um, a lot of this Uranus, uh, Mars conjunct the moon aspect. So emotions are going to be heated and, you know, just it's going to be really kind of chaotic. And Jupiter squares Uranus and blah, blah, blah. We're going to have all these issues going on. And Mars square, Mars is energy. Square means it forms a shift. So we're going to have a lot of things coming up tomorrow. So we just need to just pray for good things, you know, to, to envelop us all. I think right? I, I think we're all um, delicately hoping for the mm-hmm. best and that we can close the chapter on this part of our dark and angry and acrimonious history and we can move forward. Yeah. And, and, and I think I hope so. And I hope it's going to be that kind of a shift, because sometimes it can go in the opposite direction where it's much more favorable and people are in sync. And I just hope it brings us together because this is such a great country and we need to. We need to consider it, you know, consider it as a precious part Mm -hmm. of us. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. our country. And so we have some good things coming up. I hope, you know, once we get past tomorrow, there will be a feeling of ease as changes occur. So let's keep our fingers crossed and see what happens. Yeah. You had some very interesting people you know, emailing or texting you. Uh, they come from all over. Sometimes they're on Twitter, and I just grab them and I, I put them away. Sometimes uh, they're they're from a couple of weeks ago. I try to mix them up, and yeah, we we have people people adore you. In fact, I I just kind of yes, met a they woman. Do. I met a woman on Facebook oh. who uh, she just saw you a, a couple of weeks ago. So you you have a large following, and people love your insight. Well, I think we all have some good good things to say. We just do it in different ways. I will say this. Andrew, was he was sending your message about he's March 29th, so he's in Aries, and he wanted to know he's going into this coffee business, and he was saying, should I open up? storefront or should I do a, a like a, a food truck? I love triple, triple love the food truck idea. Mm-hmm. I love that. He should be in his own business. And if he's listening to this or if he will listen to this, I would do the food truck because nobody has that. And that would be a great concept, you know, to have a food truck coffee place where he can have donuts and things like that and drive around. People love that. It's like a, it's like a Starbucks on wheels. Absolutely. He, 
He could also adapt if he did if he did something like a food truck, he could adapt to whatever, you know, roll with the punches, if you will. So if there's a storefront and businesses aren't allowed to operate, the food truck can still, you know what I mean? The food truck can go to parties and they could um, absolutely it it could Uh, travel. People have them at weddings. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is the best concept. When I read that, I went, oh, my God, don't go into a storefront. Drive around. It is the best idea ever. There was there was one lady that used to come down to the old station and park kind of out my door outside the office and was there three days a week, and her stuff was great. So, yeah, I love the idea because it's food truck, not coffee truck, and we could use some more of them. Yes, and I think it's it's such a growing thing. In New York City and all these big cities like San Francisco, I mean, they they do that all the time. You know what I mean? It's And it's, and it's, starting to, it's been coming Sorry. around more so in the last year or so. Sure. And he has and the same also, birthday as me. Oh, you what, honey? Say it again. And he has the same birthday as me, so he's destined for greatness. Oh, he is, he's <laughs> destined to be amazing. No question about that. No question. And, and Marissa, she was, she's got engaged over the holidays. Congratulations. The, you know, Aries, again, another Aries. Um, she wants to do a destination wedding, worried that it's going to be too much to pull off. Not really. You know, you could have a nice little reception when you get back home. You could have a destination wedding, get married on the beach, wear sandals and a nice little, you know, relaxed, you know, dress or whatever you want to do. I think it'd be wonderful. It will be a lot to pull off, but you're in a perfect year. 2021 is so much better than what Mm. 2020, you know, was. And also the month of March. I don't know when she's getting married. I'm assuming towards the end of the year. But I would probably say that would be a great idea, and I wouldn't worry about it. You have a lot of um, Aries in your chart, Marissa, and you have energy in Gemini, which is all about communication and being busy, and you you thrive on uh, being this adrenal type of person, so you'll be absolutely fine with that. And Katie lost her job, and she wants to know, what am I supposed to be doing for a career? Well, you're a Sag, and, and I'm a Sag, and I would say Sag is love. Um, psychology. I don't know the time of birth to see where all that is, but you can go into law enforcement, psychology, um, and, and I know you're at that age, 37, thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I'm past that. But you're coming into this wonderful career shift. Its last occurrence was in 2012 through 2014, summer 2015. So 20, 2021 is going to be a good year for Sages, uh, Aries, Moon and Aries, definitely a good time. So I feel like the only thing you have to be careful of is not getting into a job where you're too bored because you have to have something that keeps you a little bit on your toes. You have some nice little people connecting with you. Thank you. I love it. Don't you just love it, my dear? Yeah, it sounds fun. I know. Everybody, and, and you know, the interesting thing with people, we, we're all kind of in the same, I think we're all kind of in the same thing where we're just, we're hoping this is going to be a better year for all of us. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can see that. I mean, we're just, it's going to be a much, much stronger year. So I think we're all kind of better on track with each other. Don't you think so? I, don't you guys feel the shift this year? Because I do. No. Not yet, but, but I have, but I, I haven't lost hope. So like, I, I haven't lost any hope that there will be a shift, but no, I don't, I don't feel it just yet. No, no. Why is that? Tell me why. Cause I'm curious. Um, I think there's still unfortunate things happening around us. I mean, like yeah. in last year we had, I think we all had our own individual like 
tragedies and things that had yeah. happened in our circles. But the majority of the stuff was outside of our circle. Um, and I think we're yes. still, there's still a ton. I mean, too much for me in one month, if that makes any sense. I'm just like, okay, it this is a lot. lot <laughs> I, I think there was a lot. This has been a really hard year for a lot of people. Last year yeah. was. I think, and I think we're still recovering. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I think, say it again. I think so much has happened over four years, over the last 18 months, over the last... 12 months, the last 12 months mm-hmm. was very, very concentrated for a lot mm-hmm. of tension. And I just think it, it's going to, it's not like when you turn off the stove, when you're done cooking, you just turn it off. I think you have to slowly turn it down. And mm-hmm. then sometime yeah. after, you know, people get more comfortable with the vaccine and we see that it's working. And I think at that point, you know, we will back off the tension and the acrimony that we have for so many others and we'll get back to some normalcy. So it'll take some time, but I, I think it's coming. It's just sure. going to take a minute. I think we just need to be kind to each other. I'm a really, I I am absolutely huge on, um, my feelings are always about just, let's all just be kind to each other. You know, I I hate Mm -hmm. disturbances. I hate the way the world, everybody's fighting. And that's, it just shouldn't be like that. That division should not be taking place. It's We should all be kind. It's I mean, yes, it's such a platitude, though, um, for something I'm going to discuss later on. But the people that we're talking to, yeah, they, they are they are doing their best to be kind to one another. It's the people yeah, that don't good. listen. It's the people that don't listen. Like, don't shoot cops. Like, you shouldn't have to be told that. But those people aren't here listening. Um, I love you. We're going to have a little chat later on. Ooh. Yes. Me and you. You're going to have a come to Eric, a.k.a. Jesus, but more <laughs> Eric. You're right? so funny. I know. I you know. are so cute. I know. Well, listen, I, I wish you guys the best day possible. I'm excited that we were able to chat, and hopefully we will connect next Tuesday. How's yeah. that? Yes, madam. Yes, it's a date. Okay, darling. Bye, I'm dear. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Take care. Oh, if anybody would like to get a hold of me at the office, the number is 419 419-882-5510, and I have you down for next Tuesday. Okay, we'll talk to you then. I love you. Love you too. Bye. Talk soon. Bye. Sorry about the beginning there. I guess uh, one day off of my routine and I can't hit buttons right. <laughs> I was like, maybe he didn't connect her into the audio. My bad. I could, I could tell you were talking to her. Yeah, I think I can do some some editing and there won't be too much loss of context. Um, no, it's fine. There's a lot to get to. Let's start with the somber stuff. So when I went to bed oh. last night... Um, more stuff happening in the old West End. I had no idea that it was connected to uh, the vandalism that had happened the night before. Yeah. Uh, it was, there was some spray painting of Jesus is black and then black several times on the, the Rosary Cathedral on mm-hmm. Collingwood. Um, officers went out there last night. They secured a perimeter. They saw a guy because they saw a guy who I think the gang task force had eyed as a wit, as a person of interest in, in the vandalism. He was smoking a cigarette. Um, and then the stuff happened. I'm sure we'll find out with the calls and whatever body cam. Um, Officer Brandon Stalker, 24 years old, was uh, shot once, I believe, and killed from that one shot. Yeah, he, uh-huh. he, yeah, one shot killed him. Uh, the suspect, I forget the guy's name. I don't really care either. He, too, was also killed. Um, and now here we are, just, um, what, five, six, seven months removed? Not even from Officer Diaz. Six. Killing at the Home Depot. Um, I guess... I was surprised it was so little, and I'm glad that it is. So this is now three officer uh, deaths 
uh, in 14 years, going back to Officer Keith Dressel, and then again just six months ago, Officer Dia, and now Officer Brandon Stalker, who's 24 years old, um, and left uh, a family behind. So just very sad stuff that we all woke up to this morning. It, I mean, it was, uh, so I was onto it last night. I get text alerts from Channel 11, and we got an alert, and then on the alert it said that there would be a press conference at 8.45, which was not even an hour from when I found out about it. And it, it was at that point that I was um, worried because there was a press conference that was going to be happening so quickly. I felt like if there wasn't any kind of um, issue with this, then it would have potentially been the next morning because it was in the evening already. And so we tuned in. I mean, we were, uh, Thomas and I were really um, concerned. And so we tuned in right at 845. And I think it's TPD's, she must be their public relations or communications person. I could tell she was sniffling. And I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. She was crying. He must not have made it. And sure enough, he didn't. That's uh, Lieutenant Kelly Lenhart, I believe is her uh, name. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, I mean, it it just, it was awful. Thomas and I both, it like, it took us a minute to just kind of process. And, you know, when they said the young man's age and he just so happened to graduate in the same class as Tony Dia yep. a couple years ago. Um, it, I mean, it was just awful. And it sounds like, obviously, we don't know a, a ton of information. I think we know enough. But it sounds like he wasn't even, you know, he was trying to make sure no neighbors or no yep. pedestrians were getting in the in the way and somehow got hit. You know, I don't think this person was even pointing the gun. I don't know how you could even aim correctly with two. The suspect was firing. He had two guns in his hands and he was firing from both yep. with one hand. So there's there's no way that you're going to have precision um, if you're just an ordinary citizen like that. So. Again, it was this. I'm frustrated in the same way that I was frustrated with Officer Dia in the summertime, and that, you know what I mean. It it just there's so many reasons that it could have gone better. You know, like that was a drunk in the summertime that fired a shot that it, it would not have been. You know what I mean? It it and and this time it was some guy who's clearly messed up in the head and fired some shots and it hit. Um, officer stalker in the head and and took him down and it i just think it's so sad it's yep. so sad does it give th- does it give thomas any pause to to what he wants to do it doesn't it doesn't it, it only makes him want to do it more and i like i try to hold it back and i'm like i'm not i'm probably gonna cry when that happens and i'll probably be terrified because thomas used to bounce at a really dangerous bar in detroit and i wouldn't sleep you know he would come from that bar back to ohio you know, after they close at two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock and I wouldn't sleep until he came home. I just couldn't, I could not, I couldn't um, comfortably lay my head down, not knowing, you know, if he was safe or not. And so I don't know. I I've, it's exited my mind and it's nowhere near I mean, Thomas is, he's going to run towards any danger when it comes to law enforcement. So he, it only motivated him to, to do more so that he can get there. But um, it's scary. Uh, on some other notes, because that's all that really needs to be said. Actually, uh, uh, a, way, a couple of ways to help. There's already a, a GoFundMe set up. I've shared that on the show page. You can just search Eric Chase and the fam if you haven't found it already. I believe the Toledo Police Federal Credit Union, both downtown at the Safety Building and the one on Heather Downs in Glendale, is also uh, accepting some donations to help out the family. Um, yeah, it was just 
too soon compared too soon in relation to what happened to uh, Anthony Dia over the summertime. A couple of things, and in, in Mr. Dia has a Facebook post up. But first, um, <laughs> I, I hope this person deleted this comment, and maybe you saw. It. I think this was on Thirteen ABC's page. Yeah, it was some lady, and I'll read her name: Julie Olwick. While this is totally devastating, please play the entire episode of The Bachelor later tonight. Oh, no. Fuck that lady. So while I understand, <laughs> I understand the, the sentiment, and this happens all the time with weather, uh, weather instances during football games over the weekend, and, and this is far more dire than most weather things that happen, though weather can be extremely dangerous and lethal. Um, I get the sentiment, but um, tone-deaf timing. Yeah, just I, I thought you actually I thought you were going to mention something else. I, I've seen um, it has become a hot topic, I've noticed, um, and over since last night. Um, and I'm disappointed in the fact that it's a hot that it's a that what happened is a hot topic. I personally do believe that um, there were two families that were devastated from this and I, I won't. I won't walk oh, that back. Okay, well, hold on a second. Let me do a traffic report, and we'll come back to that because I know where you're going. And this mm-hmm. gets this allows us to talk about something that's very unpopular, but we'll try to put some context in it. Sure. Hold on. All earlier accidents cleared, so you've got a clear Tuesday afternoon commute. No accidents, incidents, or slowdowns. If there's something I'm not seeing, pass it along. That's your Cumulus Toledo right now traffic. I was turning my mic on, uh, off. Sit tight. Okay. I wonder if the people in, on the pot in podcast land are like, boy, thanks a lot. Like, wish I would have known that whenever. Or maybe you did. Maybe maybe you heard me say that on the radio, and now you're hearing the podcast. The more listening, the better. Um, so let me start with Mr. Diaz's Facebook post, and then we'll come back around to that, what you want to get at, okay? Sure, um, sure. And, and I think we, and I'll start it with you and I have, uh, you've never disagreed, but we've never gone, gone in depth. Um, and I've, I've said in various places before, I believe most people who commit crimes have some type, some type of mental health issue or are in a place of desperation, often mm-hmm. systemically caused. Mm-hmm. So um, let me give you Mr. Diaz's post. And I guess some people have already commented. This was in light, uh, as, this was in light of uh, a Martin Luther King post, which many people put up yesterday. <laughs> um, these criminals have no respect for our law enforcement officers anymore. If anyone brandishes a gun towards police, they should be dealt with immediately. No more talk, no more walking on eggshells, surrender or face the consequences, period. These streets need to be handled with the iron fists within the limits of the law. I really don't care whose feelings get hurt because of my post, a young man, and as you, you'd think. So, two things that jumped out at me. These criminals have no respect for our law enforcement officers. Well, obviously, well, if we just take that at face value, obviously not. If, if they mm-hmm. did, they would likely or possibly not be criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get into any criminal behavior to respect law enforcement. And then the other thing is, and I get it, he's saying this out of a place of emotion, and that's why I can't put you on city council knowing that yeah. you're, <laughs> you're going to pop off on Facebook. Oh, um, my gosh. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. If anyone brandishes a gun, they should be dealt with immediately. Okay, and that can mean a lot of that can mean a lot of things. You know me; I'm quick to Thanos anybody, but I'm not aiming for city council. And then that next sentence, and I know we're parsing here, and he was very emotional. But again, the reason don't post when you're emotional. These streets need to be handled with an iron fist, within the no. limits of the law, which is exactly what happened last night. So, yeah. Mr. Dia, let it alone. 
Yeah, it, it, you can't say the, you know, you can't say the streets need to be handled with an iron fist. You can't say if you brandish a weapon, they need to be dealt with immediately and then say within the limits of the law, because all of those things are again, you know what I mean? Like any kind of like what he's um, getting at is likely against the law. Like what's he what he's getting at would make Toledo police or any police department liable. No, you can't brandish a weapon at the police department or at an officer, but you, you know what I mean? But that you're not just going to get taken out immediately from doing something like that. I think a fantastic example is the incident that happened a couple weeks ago at those apartment complexes off of Secor. That was a full on shootout at law enforcement. That was a full on shootout at law enforcement from somebody that had mental health challenges that they knew of and how they responded to that was I mean, again, a national example. And so I, I just, I don't, I don't agree. And um, I do think he's speaking from emotion. I think he's proving why he didn't get the seat. Um, I understand. And then it, he went on and he's already got like 70 something comments on it. Yeah. And then he made another post about the mental health system, but mental health goes out the door when you brandish a weapon at law enforcement. Again, no, it doesn't. Right. <laughs> like, and I know that you would like, I, I know that you would like that. And if you had your way, that's what it would look like. But again, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and I, I know there are people who will think, and this is what I like to think our strengths are. We can really pull the onion layers back here. I know people would love to have a, an everyman, a layman, you know, be more mm-hmm. part of politics at all levels. Um, and I'm fine with that. But that person also needs to know when and how to control their emotions. And sure. to fire something like this off, when you say things under duress or when you're emotional, you say regrettable things. And this has yeah. been his problem from the outset. Um, just kind of shooting from the hip, not understanding consequences of his words. And again, these things are handled within the limits of the law. Thank you for your insight, sir. Um, to your point now, where the other side of this argument was, yeah, two two families were, were devastated last night. Now, I'll reset the point of, I believe, and I have no science or data to back this up, but if you wanted to go instance by instance, I think I'm, I'm close to the mark here. Most crimes... Um, to many levels are committed by people who are mentally unwell or in a desperate, desperate, in, in pure desperation. Not all, mm-hmm. but, but plenty. And this seems to fall within one of those. I don't know the gentleman's name. Sorry if you're upset that I used that word. But what do you know about this guy? Because, again, you don't just go vandalize a building and then start shooting at cops. Like, in the same way that you don't wake up and go, I'm going to kill myself today. So I, I mean, I don't, there's not a whole lot that that we know about this about um, this person. I think his name is Christopher Harris. Sounds right. Um, there's not a ton that we know. Somehow, um, again, without knowing, the police department believed that he was a suspect in the church in the church being vandalized um, the early that morning. So at, I think at 2:30 a.m. that morning, and I was really shocked when I was watching the, the press conference. I think I actually yelled out like a curse word when they said that this was a suspect believed to have vandalized, um, the church, uh, and the vandal and what he did was he just spray painted Jesus is black all over the church and black Jesus and things like that. And I was, w- once I heard that, I was immediately concerned that this, I I hope was not racial and I, we still don't know, but I was immediately concerned by that. And I, um, and also anybody that's going to go vandalize a church with Jesus is black. 
at 2.30 in the morning and try to light it on fire, you're absolutely right. There, there has to be something else that's going on. Um, and I, and I do, I don't know what kind of relationship this person has with family members or friends, if any, but this is just devastating. Like it's, it's just really, it's really upsetting. And I think that it's, I think that it's fair and reasonable to feel awful and sad for this officer and his family members and awful and sad that whatever happened had, you know, whatever circumstances were at play prior to the vandalizing the church and whatever were at play prior to um, this person, you know, coming out guns blazing at the officers. It's unfortunate that it had gotten to that point. And, and I, you and I both agree without saying that had this guy not been shot and killed, we would expect him to be punished to the full ex- extent exactly. of the law for his crimes. But also let's, let's peel back the layers and go, how did he get here? And how can we prevent that in the future? Um, I, I just, I think people, and if you, if you're, if you're not in the field of mental health and if you've never seen mental health at its worst, you truly do not understand. Um, and we don't know if this is a mental health thing and you're right that that assumption is made. Although I sometimes disagree with that argument when it comes to um, somebody who's going to be on a roof shooting all the black people he sees. I'm like, that's just hateful. Like there's yeah. also hate. There's also things that are done out of sheer hate that don't have anything to do with mental health. And there's some people that will argue with me till they, you know, till they're sick and tired of it about, nope, that's mental health. And I disagree. But um, I think that it, I have seen and experienced some people that are truly not in their right mind. I know that that's a term that people will use. I know that people throw out crazy and people throw out all these um, things related to mental health, but you, unless you have seen it um, and been around it, you truly do not know what it's like to be around somebody who is manic, somebody who um, um, is not on medication that, na- that needs serious medication, serious and persisting mental illness, some individuals just truly are not in their right mind. They're in a completely different place and they can get better. They can be better and get better. Um, but there's, there has to be support systems in place. There has to be willingness in place, all of those things. And so when you look at, when you think about it and you're like, how can someone do this? You know, how can, how can that happen? And that, um, hold, hold, I'm sorry. And that's where you stop and go, something's not right with them. Or yeah, what? And, yeah. And, and if I could make a, a bit of a point, um, with uh, what you said about there is just hate. Talk about white people shooting up black places. Um, yeah. it, even within that, there is some type of cognitive, cognitive distortion. Like, how did you come to dislike people who look different than you? Did someone say that, you know, you're losing your, your life or your livelihood mm-hmm. or the country to these people? Mm-hmm. And again, that, that is a distortion of reality. So there's some... Very, I mean, it's a loose argument on my point, but yeah, it, it, it does go back into the desperation and the mental unwellness because yeah. none of that is reality. And, and again, to your point of how did we get here? We immediately, that's when we have to go, okay, like let's, let's actually peel apart the causes before we just throw this person in jail, which they likely deserve in many cases. Sure. But and it, let's prevent the next one. It's just, I, I really like speaking to the Toledo community members, and I'll stand behind this, come at me if you want to, 
but it, it's it's okay to to feel like especially as a black woman and as somebody who supports black lives matter and all of these you know all of that conver- i will have that conversation but i am also going to feel empathetic and sad and worried and hurt for the toledo police department and for um our community members but i'm also going to continue to say that there were and there potentially are two families that were devastated in this. This is devastating across the board. And that doesn't mean that I'm taking away from um, Officer Stalker and his and his fiance and his children and his family by any means. Uh, but Officer Stalker went into that line of work to help people and to help the community. And sometimes, you know, the community can hurt hurt themselves and hurt you. It's just awful. It's awful. This is a uh, quote that I have saved, and it's it didn't save a long, long time. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm sending it your way right now because of how you just articulated all of that. Where 98% of people and thoughts right now are an officer stalker's family, and I'm not saying that that people are wrong for thinking that. But from F. Scott Fitzgerald, did he write The Great Gatsby? Have I read it? No. Did he write that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> The test of first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in mind at the same time and Mm -hmm. still retain the ability to function. Yeah. Um, In this case, where you can uh, feel awful for for both families, because you're right. And I I was trying to walk through in my head a a neat segue to this. So instead of, because there isn't one, but maybe we'll loop back around to what got the guy with two guns where he was. I hope we don't wind up there, but maybe we will. Um, If I can turn us over to the uh, minimum wage discussion of $15 was the number, and this was raging on at least my Twitter stuff on Sunday, and I want to bring that up for a little discussion. I promise we'll be lighter towards the end of the podcast. (laughs) Um, I saw this coming from, from all angles, and... I think it's an extremely complex thing. I'm glad I had like a pre I'm glad you wanted to talk about it. I'm glad I had like a pre-conversation with Vinny and he had some great input. He was able to put some of my thoughts into some some words because it, it's so complex. It is simply not a one size fits all solution for anybody because there will be devastating and crippling unintended consequences and collateral damage from any kind of like button pushing to where the minimum wage everywhere federally goes to $15. His idea, and I completely agree with this, I think it has to be done at the state level, mm-hmm. not like county level, mm-hmm. but he's right. The lower the level it can be done at, the better it is. For his point, he's like, and I'll use something here. You need to make, minimum wage should be higher in Toledo than in, I was just looking at a place to check an act, than in Metamora <laughs> or... <laughs> Or Van Buren, because the cost of living is so much different. Um, And then if you did this federally, uh, we all know, obviously, the cost of living here is much better than in New uh, New York City. It's much less expensive. Now, granted, you can make more money there, but whatever. I think the point is there. The cost of living is different all over the country. And when you're talking about the minimum wage discussion, that has to be included. One other thing I'm, I'm hard set about with this is... Um, while some other places have already instituted like a higher minimum wage, the smart places, I think like the Seattles of the world, are slowly growing it over time, not thrusting it up $5 or something like that so that everyone can be prepared for it. But I like to call this like an octopus problem, and I'll come back to uh, the tentacles of it. But while I am for an increase because it certainly hasn't um, 
matched inflation and cost of living over time. Um, let's let's hold our horses on some of the the extreme ways that people think of fixing this. And there's a lot more to discuss, but that's where I want you to chime in with your thoughts, and we'll go from there. I mean, no, I, I completely agree. I think it needs to be um, at le- at the very least a state response compared to a federal federal because you're right. It should reflect the cost of living for your area, and that requirement should be there. The cost of living for your area and should consistently be. Um, updated as well um, compared to just across the you know across the country fifteen dollars because fifteen dollars isn't going to get you anything in LA and isn't going to get you anything in you know New York City it's going to get you four roommates you know and one bathroom but in Toledo it might get you like an okay apartment you know and a couple of things to throw in on the fifteen dollars is many places like that are probably hopefully need to pay that and already are because of competitive reasons and to get the best employees for whatever they're doing. Also, something people need to consider is, um, and maybe this can segue us, but please, we can, we can stretch this out as much as you want, within reason, that is, so we're not here for three hours. Um, yeah, I would have loved to make $15 an hour when I was um, at the skate rental counter when I was 14. That, so when you, when you bump that up that much, uh, there, is a di- there is a long spectrum, and this is the... This is the bigger problem that we can we can pull apart. Um, you're paying that teenager who can't drive that money, and you're also paying that other person who's there for like 29 or maybe even 35 hours a week that money. And that whatever that pay rate is, you're giving it to the, to different people, and it means different things to them. That's true. I I do think I am in support of uh, minimum wage reflecting you know, the cost of living and maybe a little bit more, like not just the cost, not just the bare minimum, if that makes any sense. Cause I feel like we've always been the bare minimum kind of country and look at like, there's so many people in poverty and, and struggling because that's what we do, the bare minimum. Um, but, and, and when you're referring to the young teenager, I mean, I, I made okay money within my first job. And because I did, I was able to do a lot. I was able to get myself like a halfway decent car and afford the gas on my own. And I was, a, I was able to save a little money before I went to college because I made a, a pretty decent, decent salary, decent pay. I think I was like $14 or something. Okay. When, when, when was that? And what were you doing? I was 16 and okay. I was selling, um, I was selling special occasion dresses at Nordstrom's. Very nice. That was my first job. Nordstrom's was my first job 100% and I got paid pretty I got paid like relatively nice it was a it was a high-end I feel like Nordstrom's is considered kind of high-end high-end department store but um it was I was grateful to have that opportunity and I think more people should have that opportunity but I also agree that that should be done over time it reminded me of something I watched this weekend which is not related but not related at all I'm not even gonna go down there uh, but yeah, you need to give folks, let folks know that businesses know that this will be the expectation, but give them time to identify how they can make that happen. Identify resources that they can tap into, hopefully provided by the state to um, to help these businesses get to that point um, so that it, we can provide at least the minimum, a higher minimum wage for people so they can have quality of life. Because there's so many people that are just living or working to live if that may, what is it living to work or working to live, working to live, working to live. And that's, I mean, it's an awful feeling. It's sometimes everybody experiences it where it's like, Oh my God, all I do is work. 
Um, and I've also seen the um, within my own place of employment, what happens when you when you're not paying people a reasonable wage. And it's, you know, it's it. I can't tell you what might be more complicated for an employer, paying them a higher wage so that you're getting good quality candidates and your um, retention is lower or continuing to pay them lower and just people you're dealing with person after person after person. And now we're getting into the legs of the octopus here. Mm -hmm. But if, if I could go back and to hop in on the point where the lower level this is done at, and again, I don't, I'm not an economics person, but I math, like in many things I've said for weeks now with all the COVID stuff, math can easily make the decision for us. But again, I don't know the economics and how, you know, village budgets work different than cities, but, um, Let's if a fifteen dollar, whatever the minimum wage raise, raises to, could mm -hmm. be completely fine for Toledo businesses because they make that money. But it could cripple businesses in smaller communities where again the cost of right. living is a lot less. Where you're going to pay eleven dollars for a burger at Dirty Bird, but it's only seven in Waterville. And I'm sorry if that's a bad example. It probably is, but you you get the point. Where yeah. if it's done at the state, I get it for. You know, I was reading all, all the as, min as much as I could on Twitter, and you're more likely to have more progressive thoughts about this on Twitter. But for everybody that says, yeah, your, your burger is going to go up a quarter, and I can handle this, and I'm happy to pay my employees more, that $3 statewide increase is going to cripple some places because they can't afford it because of their cost of living out there. And um, I'd like... But I'd like to know how the state responds to something like that. You have to know that going into it, that your small businesses and your smaller areas that are like, honestly, probably those um, businesses that hate government control and people stepping in and saying what they should or should not do. What are you going to be doing to support, have a solution in place before you, you know, before we get to this point, because maybe, you're definitely going to run into may, it. Maybe it's tax breaks. And that's why I say like, this is this is an octopus problem. In fact, it's probably octopi connected together because that's a great that's a great point. Um, and I don't have all the answers to this. Just some s suggestions. You brought up a, a a good place. I'm going to go with this next. Um, I think that minimum wage. And again, I don't know. I don't know the answer. But it seems like it should be a little bit more, um, as inflation has gone up and cost of mm -hmm. living has gone up for many things. Mm -hmm. um, but you do have. You do have the ability, and I was just talking to uh, to Paris Devon on, on Facebook. He put, up, he put up a good post, which was like uh, rich dad, poor dad stuff about how to, you know, grow some income and make good financial decisions. Because um, a lot of people don't, unfortunately, get to learn that, and they, they learn the hard way, and they wind up right. being terrible That's how I learned. <laughs> yeah, you, he said something along the lines, or there was a comment like, how, who gets to determine what your worth is? Well, one your employer. And if sure. your employer only wants to pay you eight bucks an hour, you have it within your right to say no. And this is why I, I kind of push back on the people who give Amazon hell for whatever they do to people there. You're getting paid a good hourly rate and mm -hmm. it's tough work. It's grueling work. It's hot work. You can mm -hmm. don't complain. You can say no. Now you might have a hard time finding that rate somewhere else, but your quality of life and work might be better. So you always have the, your, your employer has the power to determine what they pay you. Mm -hmm. You have the power to say, no, thank you. Um, so that's one part of this. But your thoughts. 
I actually, uh, I want to know what your thoughts are on something. And I've thought about this many times. And I know that this is probably um, a slippery slope. But I think another, I I am curious how many businesses um, locally, I'll just say locally, because that's what we do here. Um, I have also seen disparities within pay um, at different levels within organizations and businesses. So like your CEO is getting paid $150,000 a year and senior leaders are getting paid $90,000 a year, but then your middle management just below you is at 45 and then below them, they're at 32. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the huge gap, like the gap from one, um, from what each level of the organization, like how, of course you don't want to take, you can't just like take away somebody's salary, you know, but if that were to be reworked to where there isn't as large gaps in between those, um, those different levels, you know, what are you, how can that change at the lowest level, what you may be paying them, paying them. So you may be paying them twelve fifty, thirteen dollars $13 an hour, but if you didn't have such large gaps in between the salaries of the positions, could that $13 an hour jump to $15 an hour or $16 an hour? So I've lived this Mm -hmm. uh, because my business has been hemorrhaging cash now for like 15 years. I would literally read about the CEO of our company who would be with megastars on Mm -hmm. his giant yacht in the south of France, Mm -hmm. like Diddy kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And for the last, ever since the Industrial Revolution, um, we're going through another Gilded Age. That was the Gilded Age then. It's the same thing now. And this is where the people who like to pin the blame on capitalism, and I like to say greedy capitalism, because mm-hmm. capitalism is probably the best way to go. But th- when greed goes too far, um, I-, I have a problem. And you start taking profits over people. I have an issue with that. Um, and the gap between highest level management and your average worker has just gone up and up and up and mm-hmm. up over the last 150 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to fix that, but again, I, I realize that's the game. I'll defend it in the sense that some of these CEOs, remember, they're doing more work. While we don't see, while we see what they do, they sit in our meetings, they're on the Zoom calls, they send out emails or whatnot. These people are, are tasked with making choices for multi-million dollar corporations so what and and they're they are beholden in many cases to stockholders or shareholders or to a board while the person who is in middle management is doing some really grueling work whether and what their decisions are don't impact hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars so i'm i'm cognizant of that but you're right i don't like how big the pay gap is there should absolutely be a gap because of the the decision level decision making and impact of the people at the top but it's it's too far and i've i've long thought forget about raising the minimum wage how about like you, we could bring it up but lower the ceo pay mm-hmm. um but again this is where you know reckless unrestrained capitalism comes into play right and then you're it's like so many people then aspire to work and operate at that senior level you know leaving leaving behind um that's why there i mean there essentially there's no middle class anymore right, right. like don't we don't we, we talk about that and it's like everybody is aspiring to operate at that senior level and i think the conversation is not had as often it's like wait a minute there shouldn't be you know what i mean like there shouldn't be that big of a difference and i don't i don't know i don't have a solu- answer 
I don't have a, a solution to it. I have no idea if you just say, okay, um, there's no way that you could do this. There would, I mean, the, everybody would go crazy if, if a state said, I want all of the businesses operating within our state to take a look at their, you know, pay disparities and gaps. And I'm going to give you 10 years to, you know, make that gap smaller. Like it just, it just doesn't, I, it, I know it doesn't work that way, but that's, that was also one of my thoughts. And it actually always has been only because I've experienced it. Like I work for a nonprofit, so we just don't get paid as much as everyone else. But even within the nonprofit, I found myself always aspiring for more because I was barely able to survive with what I had. You know what I mean? And so it was like the, um, doing a lot of work for a little bit of money and that it's what they could do. And they, and thank God my organization always looks for other opportunities to give you a, a promotion or a small bonus or something of that nature, because they just don't have the resources to give you a raise. But, um, it is, you know, it is troubling and it aids in, at least in my own feelings of always feeling like I need to do more and jump at other opportunities because for in order to have financial freedom, even here in Toledo, you need to be making a certain amount of money. Let me uh, go back to what you said about the erosion of the middle class. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. And I, I've, again, gotten to witness that with what I do. Um, no middle class if there's no middle management. Middle management has been extracted mm-hmm and extinguished over the last 10 since 2008 mostly and it's how businesses found the easiest way to cut um they just cut out the middle and when you cut out that middle manager like my dad would have been a middle manager um but his job likely no longer now exists and i think in philadelphia if i if i can remember looking at his check stub when i was like eight and i can do the math now i think my dad made like 65 or seventy thousand dollars a year oh that's pretty good yeah um and I don't know if his job exists anymore. So, so upper management has really extinguished uh, the middle managers because the, the, they don't need those jobs anymore for a variety of reasons. One, maybe you know, to recover from from the financial crash. Two, because they can delegate it on lower paid employees, or they can take off some of it. And then there's mm-hmm. the other thing that people often overlook, which I I said a lot um, four years ago. I'm like, yo, Larry. Um, <laughs> Pearl, your job is not going overseas. Your job is going to automation. Um, yeah. You don't like artificial intelligence, AI, automation. I mean, look at my, my job. Like they have replaced, radio has replaced countless, like scores, hundreds of local personalities in favor of syndication. Um, and I don't want to do a deep dive into that, but yeah, forget about your jobs being shipped elsewhere. And, and I'm not saying that hasn't happened, but I'm sure this has even happened like with the big car companies who always mm-hmm. get dinged for sending their jobs, you know, overseas or to Mexico. Automation has taken your job and if a robot, an algorithm can do your job, yeah, upper management is probably going to replace you maybe because they have to shareholders call upon it or if they're greedy and, and they get a bonus out of it, it, it sucks. Middle management is stuck in a very replaceable job. And I go back to, and again, maybe this is me being defeatist, but I'm just playing the cards. Um, knowing this, and maybe you don't, um, because I, I'm fortunate to have the experience. You know this. So what are you going to do to make yourself more valuable? 
Oh, myself? No, 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 no. Like if you are in middle management hell and you can't Oh, get... I am in middle management. Not necessarily hell, but I'm absolutely in middle management. M- most people are. Like if mm-hmm. you're in middle management, your, your job is in jeopardy. Your job is, is at some point on the chopping block because somebody will get bumped up and do your job and make less than you or you will be replaced by an algorithm. So now that I told you that, what are you going to do about it? Because these are the cards. What are you going to do? How are you going to play the hand? I look at it and I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and uh, regarding their own development. And I said, you know, if you remember when you were in high school and you were talking to the guidance counselor and, you know, you were discussing what college you wanted to go to and you knew those colleges were going to look at your extracurriculars. They were going to look at, okay, these are the grades that you're getting, but what else are you doing? What else can you give us? What else is, you know, and even when you're in college and you're getting ready to graduate and you're looking for a job and the employers are looking at, what what do you do in the community that you've listed? Where's yep. your community service? It's the same thing for, for work. And it's like, I always, you never, you always, you treat every day as best you can, as if you're in an interview, as if you need to impress people. Uh, you never know where other opportunities are gonna come from and you never know what's gonna happen with your own position. And you need to make sure you're setting yourself up for other opportunities. So I always, if there's a project to be done, do it. If somebody needs help, help them. I know that it sounds like um, self-motivated um, or with it within my own self-interest, but I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> like It's just, I'm not, my, me um, and other people, we're not going to be able to change this whole system. We have to be able to operate within it and support larger ideas of change at the federal level or at the state level with, you know, who we choose to elect, things of that nature. But, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I've always, always looked at it. Similar to what I learned when I was very young, and I used to read it in trade magazines and whatnot, um, make yourself as diverse as possible. Like, don't mm-hmm. just be on the air. Do production or do DJ gigs um, and things like that, and I was able to, and that's how I've been able to survive. The next stage of my development was after the last morning show went away was, oh, wow, you know, this is why community involvement and advocacy right. is the next thing I have to add to my repertoire so I can, one, hopefully get back on the radio, and two, if, if I can't, I can stay here because I, I like living here. You always have to diversify your skill set, if not for where you are for the next place because this then allows you when they go, you know what, we can't do... We can do uh, we can do thirty six, but we can't do forty mm-hmm. when you're making thirty five, and then that allow that diversified skill set those those additional talents allow you to go. You know what? I'm going to pass. There's someplace else that will uh, give me what yeah. I'm what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, there was another thought I had about the uh, the minimum the, the fifteen dollar thing, but it will come back to me. Yeah, um, I lost the thought too. I had one. It was the, a good one too. The other thing with um, with employment is. Like you were very fortunate and, but you, you did your homework and you always have foresight and this is why you are where you are. Um, people need to put some blame on themselves mm-hmm. for again, not having foresight or doing homework. Like, did you have any, so there are people listening right now or at least people listening right now who have friends who would kill to make $14 an hour. Mm-hmm. And you did that when you were, you said 16. So 14 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, just about. I was, it was my, I actually started working at Nordstrom's when I was, don't fall out, 14. I was 14 years old. So I was a freshman in high school and I would go there after basketball practice. And I, my only job was to go into a conference room and make boxes, 
like assemble all the boxes for the holiday season and for um, just in, for them to have in general. Because high end store, you if you buy a gift for someone, you can go and get it boxed up and with pretty ribbon and tissue paper and all of that stuff. So, so you, you were 16 and you got a high paying job is like as high as you're going to get with that. And you had zero skills. <laughs> I had. Yeah, essentially, um, I did. I mean, it was a family affair for us. My father sold shoes there for like 10 years. And so when there were small opportunities like that and they knew that I was of high school age, they said, does your daughter want to come in and help us with these things? And then that was my foot in the door and I just kept my foot in that door. And so I did work throughout my entire high school career after school every day and on weekends. And I went and I got myself into like a um, commission paying job in special occasion dresswear. So I did all right for myself and I had a car. But, but hold on. But you started at 14 bucks because right. another thing to throw out here is network. Or put yeah, little, absolutely. 100%. Put, put a little bit of yourself out there, especially in the beginning. Like within the last 10 years, we've had the intern debate where I'm not taking that internship. I'm not getting paid. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's yeah, your, exactly. I showed up at the radio station when I should have been going to class. Exactly. I, I was dumb. I was doing work that someone else should have been paid to should have been paid for, but it was my experience. It was me, you know, cutting my teeth or, or, or whatever you want to call it. But there are jobs out there where you don't need these skills and, and you can make it work where you did with $14 and that's probably rare, but these jobs are out there. You have to look and you might have to do a little bit of um, self-growth on your own, but they are attainable. And um, I, I, I mean, I'd, a perfect example, and I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this, but when I was here locally, so when I moved back to, when I moved to Toledo and I was in college getting my degree and I was working like a, a side job, you know, just sell, leasing apartments on the weekends, every weekend for at least three years, I volunteered with NAMI and I did um, support groups with NAMI. I knew my field was mental health, so I made sure my volunteer work was in mental health. And that was how I got my entry level job. My volunteer work got me my entry level job because yep. I had spent so much time with other people that had worked in mental health. I was volunteering at the state hospital, which I felt I said to myself, and this is what I mean when I say it matters what you do while you're getting the qualifications when you're not working, I, when you're not working. And I said to myself, you know, I had different options on where I could volunteer with NAMI. I could have went to, you know, a little community group and I said, nope. I want to go to the state hospital. I want to, I, I hate to say this, but I want to interact with where, what our community feels is potentially the worst of the worst. So these were people that were in the state hospital for crimes. Um, so the worst, and I, you know, never knew who I was interacting with. If somebody had murdered somebody or if somebody had, you know, uh, uh, neglect. Right, hold on. We're going too far with this, but you're right. Cause I just wanted to like simplify things. Sure. You, did, you, did, you did things outside and you had an idea of where you wanted to go. So you saw the value mm -hmm. that wasn't monetary in doing certain things, whether they're voluntary or, or, or not. Mm -hmm. um, I, and that was when you were young. Let me illustrate like my growth a little bit. So when I first started working at the radio station in Detroit, I lived with my friend who invited mm -hmm. me, who gave me the job. He had mm -hmm. a, I lived with him and I, I fortunately didn't have to pay rent because I was making like minimum wage. However, uh, I kept volunteering to go host those club gigs. I kept right. honing my DJ skills and that's how I was able to get through. Um, I want to swing. I remember what I wanted to say, but let me do an accident report real fast. Okay. Cause I think this will be a, a little, uh, this is where we can get, we can get a little testy. Sure. 
We've got an accident in Secor, north of Lasky, so watch out for that area. Other than that, we're all clear this afternoon. That's your Cumulus Toledo right now traffic. Are you still okay on time? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. All right, we're back. Um, so here comes another one of these uh, octopus tentacles. I'm going to lash at you. So I just <laughs> illustrated what was going on with me when I was 20, 21, and I was very fortunate um, that my friend let me live with him. Uh -huh. um, but then again, he, I was 20, and he invited me to move 500 miles away from home. So there was some responsibility on his hand. I was his protege, and he's a good friend to this day. Um, uh -huh. But eventually, I remember he's like, so I'm getting married I'm like, oh, we're going to live together. He's like, mm-mm. Um, so I really, I needed to bug my friends and be like, hey, I need another hosting because I needed to get a roommate. Sure. Again, I'm 21, 22 years old. And I'm going to make a blanket statement. You can smack me in the head and then we can, we, can, we can pull the strings on this. At least when I was growing up, these jobs that people want uh, the minimum wage raised for are not for you to have a career at. Um, they're for younger people. Like I've already, already explained you at your Nordstrom job where you were getting paid way too much for, for what, for how old you were, but that's awesome. I'm glad you were. Um, these, these jobs aren't made for you to, for them to be full-time jobs, unless you aspire to take that job to the level of management. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and now you can throw a brick in my face. I'm not going to throw a brick in your face, but you are correct in, in, gauging that I probably wouldn't agree it that it depends on who you're referring to it, I mean not to say that that um there everyone can't rise to an occasion or rise to some sort of growth or success but that's not necessarily the case um why did, I, say, why did it say that well I, but but you know there are people who may take a job you know that ideally isn't that there's either retention or it's your average like high school person taking that job and then, you know, and then they get something better. I don't know. I don't, well, I don't. Well, hold on. Let me, let me go back and I'll, I'll clean it up a little bit. First of all, it, it, this is why this is so, so prickly. In the same way that we said $15 an hour is great for Toledo. $15 an hour is going to be a problem for Van Buren or smaller towns. Right. Uh, this, this is like every situation is unto its own. And I'll go back where that kid that's going to make, give, give me that kid that's going to make $13 an hour to work for you. At the, at the center mm -hmm. um, and is, is headed towards that direction, it's awesome for them. They also should have roommates or be living at home because I don't know too many yeah. people who are like of that age who, who are making enough to live on their own. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's Of all the things that you were told as a kid, that's kind of still the same. For somebody else who is looking to make 40 grand and get benefits – that's probably not for you unless you see a fast track way into exactly. And, th and that's where the gap is. Um, and this is why we have this problem where again, there's, you know, there's middle management like me stuck in this job, not stuck, but I have this job. Um, and then you've kind of split people with part-time jobs. And again, employers are at fault as well because they found a cheap way to do business, especially when Obamacare stuff happened. And it's like, if I keep you part-time 29 hours, I don't have to pay for health insurance. And yep. that that's a big cost. So we've kind of split the baby here where you got kid at UT who is doing classes. How many classes do you do a week? 
hours. Um, so you do, 12 hours. You, you do 12 hours of classes a week and you do 25 hours of work and you're getting paid crap money or you're getting paid okay, like 9 or $10 an hour, whatever. I don't know it's okay. But this is just like what life should be. And then there's okay. somebody else who likely has been displaced by all the things we've already discussed and now they're stuck. They didn't have a plan B for whatever the reason. Like I don't have an educational plan B. My plan B is I've networked with a lot of people. I would need to find a way to make advocacy my plan A. But I just can't go, you know, tap into a degree at this point in time. And because so many people were devastated by 2008, you have those people who have been forced into those part-time jobs. And now I think many people expect those things for 40 hours a week to cover, like, life costs. And that's just not what they're there for. No, and it's... it's, It's, it's hard. It's especially if you're somebody where you feel like you don't have skills or you don't, you don't have that, that, um, mentality or motivation to try to find anything else. I mean, there's how many people do we know are in dead end jobs, but don't have the motivation to seek anything else or to change the circumstances, whether it's because they don't think that they can, they don't know how, um, it, you know, and so they've, they found themselves stuck. Um, and it's, I know where you, I know what you're talking about and yeah. you're just repeating the cycle and it and yeah. it sucks and you're right one of the reasons it was great to see Paris post that thing now and I was like, <laughs> whoa right. your your sneeze earlier was was god level <laughs> like, what I was I, like oh my I, god I'm sorry <laughs> I was I was startled <laughs> sorry um, Paris posted these things and not everybody is fortunate or not fortunate enough to learn these things in the same way that people cannot afford education. Um, there are people who, for whatever reason, their parents mm-hmm. were unable to pass down to them this, this pattern of saving or how you grow your money. And that's why I was like, and Paris said, you know, some of this stuff needs to be taught in school. And yeah, yeah with, with, with where we are, pr- probably because, you know, money is the key to everything in, in a lot of ways. And if you're not, um, if you're not, if you don't have a family who could set up a college fund or anything like that, that's the beginning of your debt if you choose to go to higher education. But if you have the knowledge of, and many of people have this, like, oh, shit, I'm Alex. I'm making $14 an hour doing, working at TMA. Mm-hmm. And I'm making, like, I'm making good money. Well, motherfucker, if your parents didn't tell you to save it, hopefully somebody got to you and was like, I'm making good money now. I'm going to put this aside. And look, not everybody's aspirational like that. I wish. That. I wish right. I did. Not everybody's aspirational like that. We're kids. We're young. We want to buy stuff. And I was like that as well. Like my dad always says, youth is wasted on the young. But that, this is especially problematic now when so few people have, can have that advice passed on to them when they cannot afford higher education, which is either going to give you a lot of debt but get you where you want to be or give you a lot of debt and get you someplace you're fucking miserable, and you have no place to fall back on. And by the way, you knocked up that wife of yours, so you have to stay in that <laughs> you job. Have to. And and this is the octopus all holding hands. So, I, and I know that we might be going over on this conversation, but I'm, I saw I saw this talking point the other day, and I actually agreed with it. And I have an example as to why. So, the, there are more and more conversations um, that are against traditions and the norms, and they're saying interact with your coworkers tell them what your salary is, talk about salaries, talk about what you're getting paid. And um, I loved that idea only because 
prior to um, me graduating college and getting a degree in mental health, again, I leased apartments. So I worked at an apartment complex that I just so happen to live at now. And um, I had done that for about five years, you know, four, four years, maybe four years. So I had done that for four years and I was working exactly like you said, they would not, they would not um, give me any more than 30 hours a week because they did not want to pay me any benefits. And so that's how I was operating. For a while, I was living with my mom, so I was on her insurance. It didn't matter. I was young. Right. I was on her insurance. It didn't matter. Um, so I just did it. I I didn't I didn't argue. I didn't talk about it. I just did it. And when I moved from Cleveland to Toledo, that was a job that I got. So I didn't move here until I knew I had a job. And they offered me. I forget what they. I think it was also fourteen dollars or something of that nature. Um, yeah, I think it was fourteen dollars. Um, and that was what they offered me. And I was like, this is great. I'll take it. Um, Because it wasn't far off from what I was getting paid coming from a hospital. And that was it. I worked there for four years. We got like a 15 cent raise a year. That was pretty much it. I thought that that was normal. Um, You know, fast forward a couple years and I choose to live out on my own because I'm in my, at this point, I'm 25. I think I'm 24 or 25. And I'm like, mom, I'm moving out. You know, I want to be able to live independently. I'm going to look for apartments. And I couldn't decide, you know, I was having to look at apartments around the corner that were not so nice, to say the least, Um, and or apartments in Toledo that weren't in the greatest area of Toledo. Sorry, my phone is ringing and it's too far away for me to turn it off. Um, That were not in the greatest area, but it was, you know, that was what I was getting paid. I was still motivated to live out on my own. But then I determined, I said, you know what, let me see how much it's going to cost me to live here because I know I'll get a discount. The discount wasn't great. So naturally, I emailed the owner of the company and I said, I think it would be worth our while to (laughs) give employees a higher discount, you know, on rent. And a couple months went by and that was what they actually did. They determined that they weren't giving us enough to be able to live where we work. So they gave us a higher discount. So I'm living here. I'm still barely getting paid enough to live here, but that was my choice. That's what I did. So almost all my money was going towards my rent and I would pay my rent late. I want to hop in. You're... You're on fire today. I, I am. I'm sorry. I, I, no, you just oh. go, you go like spraying too far from like some of the points and I'm trying to keep us a little tight. I, I agree with you uh, of discussing your pay. And I know that that's like, that's, that's anathema to, to many beliefs. And uh, you can read all kinds of theories as to why. But what, again, in this, in this poker game where you're not dealt a great hand, you do have that in your, in your deck to find out information and go, I'm not being paid fairly or whatever. And then you can make the decision to go elsewhere. Well, you have to learn. And so I didn't. Uh Oh, long. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're back now. That was, uh, that was Mel that was calling me. So long story short, I find out, you know, as they're taking away my discount for my apartment and I was upset and I said, do you know how much you pay me? Um, do, do you know how much you pay me an hour compared to what you're charging me in rent? And, you know, the next day my supervisor came in and I got like a $2 raise immediately Good. with another 75 cents coming in like six months. And she says, I'm very sorry. We did not know how much we paid you. And I didn't realize I lowballed you when I hired you. So you were, so I was getting paid to lease those apartments. I was getting paid less than the cleaner that was working full time. And Two other things. Uh, it's funny. Somebody just mentioned this to me. Um, one, that sucks that they did that. It doesn't sound like it was malicious. It was just an oversight. Mm-hmm. But two things of what you said. Um, 
like not wanting to pay health insurance. Like if you were in charge, whether you oversee the whole operation or you're just kind of like carrying out somebody's bidding, you too would do the best that you could to pay as little as you, you could. Um, Cause that's just the way the business runs, unfortunately. And too many people not in those positions look up and go, I would pay more. Well, maybe you can't because of budget constraints and stuff as you know all well about right now. Um, and then the other thing, like we got to find the, the perks of things. You talked about um, health insurance till you're like 26 now. And that's why mm-hmm. I know you want to get out of your house, but stay home. Cause I think as soon as you put your name on a lease, you can't be on like, there are things that we have in our quiver that we can take advantage of. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And I, but the talking point of talk about your salaries, I actually really like that um, because I, that and that was an example. Everybody around me was getting paid more than me. I arguably considered myself the best employee in that office, and I was getting paid the lowest out of every single. I mean, people with it at the same level as me. Um, people at lower levels than me, and I was getting paid less than everyone, and I didn't even know. And it wasn't until I was paying rent late and they were taking my discount away from me completely that they then realized that they lowballed me and that they were screwing me, essentially. Two, two other professional nuggets in that vein. Um, always ask for a raise or a promotion because it's very rare <laughs> someone is going to come to you and go, I want to give you more money. Especially since 2008. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, so, exactly. tactfully ask if you want to get some information together, even better. Here's why I believe I deserve X amount. Um, so that, always ask. The worst they can say is no. I mean, they could fire you if you're a dick about it. But sure. the worst they can say is no. And then the even worse is you go, I'm not, you think to yourself, I'm not being paid what I'd like. I can move on. At least you know where you stand. It'll Simi- make you uncomfortable, but just do it. Yeah. Like, just Some, do it. Something else my therapist told me like seven years or so ago. He's like, I, I know there's a guy that comes in here and he's like, I, he says he, he um, goes through the interview process at various jobs twice a year just to see what it's like out there. Just to wow. ask the interviewer questions to see. Now, it's within the realm of his skill set. He's not mm-hmm. like you know, calling the tigers up going, Hey, I'd like to apply for being a relief pitcher. Um, <laughs> you, you can, but you can talk to other employers. And again, this is what you have in your quiver. These are the cards you can pull out of your deck. You can go to other employers, see how they treat their employees, see what they pay them, see what the landscape is like. So then you don't have your head buried in your middle management job or whatever, pissed off about what you make, the responsibilities you do or don't have go elsewhere create leverage and then even you can go back to your employer and go um i was offered this job and before you know it maybe they go we had no idea you were looking elsewhere we would like to compensate you in in such ways so well it's a sucky game and it is skewed against the the average person there are things that you can do to combat some of these practices mm-hmm. yeah and i i think that you should do those i did them within my own organization i've and trust me, not everybody is appreciative of it. I mean, I've been called arrogant a couple times from people who knew what I was doing, but it's, you know, that's great if you have those opinions, but I've been able to promote myself two times, received pay increases in those times. I've gone to the organization and say, hey, I'm not for this. I'm having a difficult time. What can you do for me? And if that person, if that organization values you, they'll do those things that you're asking. Yeah. They'll, you know, they'll try to meet you halfway at the very least. To, to accommodate ask and and ask. i i cannot stand some people think it's arrogant some people 
you know, I'm not going to beg, I'm not going to do this. And it's like, okay, so you're going to wait for a handout that's right. never going to come. Right. <laughs> okay. again, never. The, the world has never been more constricted by budgets, whether because they have to be or because you got people way up top who want to put profits over people. And you know what? You, I know you see all the Jeff Bezos things. If he gave everybody blankety blank, you know, the world would be fixed. Well, guess what? He might not want to. And you know what? That's on him. And you know what? If you were him and you you've done what he and you, and you got to where he is, you might not want to either. So, I don't know. I, I hate it. I do hate that there's like people who make literally millions of dollars an hour <laughs> compared to others. I do hate it. I think that I'm like sometimes there just is too much money for you to make and that's great that they did what they did to get themselves to that point, but they're still working a job that's probably I mean, the job is different, but the work that you're doing may be no different than what some than what a CEO in Toledo, Ohio is doing. You uh, know what I mean? Well, I was looking like way up at like the Jeff Bezos types. That's like, what I'm referring to. Oh, okay, Chris, let me tell you something. If he has to call off of a, of a department head meeting, tens mm -hmm. of millions of dollars of, are lost. No one else in his company is dealing with that. So I'm, like, I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. But at the, I mean, we're still doing our jobs no matter what level that you're at. You know what I mean? And jobs can be challenged. I, I do admit that there are jobs that are, my own job is challenging that people look at me and they're like, I don't want her job. But, um, you, it, I, I'm I just know. simply saying it's ballsy to tell somebody else how to spend their money that they made when you're not them. I think about this, like with sports a lot. Now I want like the tigers. I want the Browns to go sign this free agent. So my team can be better. Well, you don't own the team, and the team is a business. That's his money, and I get that like, you're a fan and stuff, and that's a little complex, but I just wish people would put themselves in the shoes of others that they'll never be in, in all likelihood, because you might be the same way. At some point, I'm sure Jeff Bezos and um, Elon Musk were extremely altruistic and probably thought when they were 18, when I, when I get to this, I'm going to give back. I agree. I and I don't I'm I would never want to take something away from someone or tell them what they're supposed to be doing. I, I usually come from the perspective of I wish it never got to that point in the first place. Sure. Like maybe maybe that should that much money should have never been legally able to make. Like I don't know. I, I don't, that that's I, where you piss off uh, the the capitalists. But um one more thing as and I'm going to wrap this up. I think we cover a lot here and there's there's still going to be things we missed. <laughs> I do not want to hear, and you mentioned this in some things about growing your skill set. Um, and I, I'll say again, let the math make decisions for you. If you are, if you're 26 and you've mm -hmm. got some debt and you're dating somebody, um, get some condoms and don't complain about the job and what you pay when you know you're expecting more. I'm I'm simply saying be. Be fiscally responsible. That's one thing. Like, don't make, like, don't, what's, uh, there's too big for your britches. Um, don't buy a car you can't afford and then expect your work and then to expect yep. Kroger to give you more money. That's one way. That's on you if you make bad decisions. Seen it happen. Two, don't go somewhere and take a job um, without skills, education, experience more than anything and get pissed off about your job that they're not paying you more. You elected to take that job. You didn't have to. And now you're complaining when your money isn't working out. I don't want to hear it. 
So then do you, I know that this conversation could go on forever. Agree 100%. I've seen it happen million and one times. You take on more responsibilities than you can afford. And then you look at your job and like, hey, I can't afford to live. So what are you going to pay me to keep me here? Uh, Nothing. You chose to do those things. Um, But also um, I... I find I, it can be a slippery slope when you may be, I've experienced this myself. I've applied for jobs where I had the, perf, I had the, a degree in the qualification, but not the preferred degree or qualification. So then that employer says, well, I'm going to pay you this much money because this is, you know, because your qualifications and skills are at this level. And it's like, but if I'm doing, if I'm expected to do the work of the position and of anyone else that would be in that position, but then why would I get paid less? Their logic is without that, degree or certifications you're not going to do it to the caliber they're expecting therefore they can pay you less which again Ah. what what you can pull out of the quiver is thank you but no thank you yeah and i I absolutely would because my response would be if you think i'm qualified enough to hire me then you should be hiring me at the at the rate that that um the position warrants not less than because of my what my uh qualifications or abilities say on paper um, obviously there's probation. So that's how I worked it the last time. And they'll say, well, this is what we'll pay you during your probation period. After three months, we'll review and increase you to this level. And I said, yeah. ah, increase me to this level. And they said, okay. <laughs> so, Pete, And again, I, I know I sound like so defeatist with this, but just remember you have leverage, but very little power as an employee versus an employer. It's just the way things are, are, are set up. And you have to be willing to say no and walk away. And we'll use the situation. And I, we'll, we'll move on after this, unless you want to wrap up with a final thought. We'll use, nope, the, situation, we'll use the situation you just explained. Uh, they're looking for specific qualifications, but they'll take you and they'll pay you less. Um, well, my, thought, my brain is like dying out on me here. <laughs> Sorry, I was just babbling on about no, no, $15. No, no. Um, I totally forget what it was and it'll hit me some. You were. That's okay. It's happened yeah. to me earlier too. <laughs> but, uh-huh. I, but it's, but it's true. I mean, you will, they will absolutely say, okay, we'll take you. Oh, I'm you sorry. have. May I? May I? Yes. Yes. Go ahead. That's what I was doing. Trying if, to get you if, to your point. <laughs> if they're going to, if they're going to nickel and dime you like that, you have to ask yourself. And then I have my, my final maxim to end with. Um, and they're connected with this. If they're going to nickel and dime you like that, and you feel it's somewhat malicious or petty, mm-hmm. is that somebody you really want to work for? And remember, I, I always tell my people that I have been a manager of, I want you to work with me, not for me. And because in radio and legacy media, costs are always being cut and mm-hmm. you don't get paid all that well. So um, I try, I've always tried to, to, to spiff people and provide other benefits. Please remember, uh, happiness is a currency. It can't pay your electricity bill. Yeah. But... Maybe uh, if you're going to a therapist every week, if you could cut that out, you save that money so you can take a little bit less and you're a little bit happier at your job. Happiness is a currency. Yeah, we talked about that just a couple of weeks ago on the phone when I was struggling with some things. But yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, don't say, but a lot of people don't have that. I, I think that's also a privilege. Um, and and anyway, it sucks. It sucks that you may be really unhappy in your job and you can't necessarily leave, you know, until you have some sort of support or some a given somewhere. Most of that is a, is often a benefits thing, like the working to live. People work to have mm-hmm. benefits or child care. Well, you know mm-hmm. what? Should have pulled that dick out, bro. <laughs>
pull out game was weak. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> All right, I got a bunch of accidents. Hold on. Okay. Three accidents to pass along still. Secor north of Lasky, also a new in Talmadge, just north of Sylvania, and Alexis east of Bennett. All three accident areas. Be careful of them. They will slow you down or avoid them if you can. That's your Cumulus Toledo right now traffic. Good job. I'm but watching Joe Biden's plane arrive in D.C. Do not ever get me started, and I'll leave this in the Do not ever get me started on... Um, like, I just shake my head with some financial decisions I see people make. And oh. I'm like, mm, you can't afford that. I've made them. I mean, I've absolutely, like, I've learned. I moved out of my, my mom's apartment when I was 20 before I moved to Toledo. So I was living on my own at 20. And <laughs> my door got posted many times for eviction because I chose to buy shoes over paying my rent. And my car has been repossessed before. I had to learn from all of those things. And my credit score is still uh building from it that what what the government deems me worthy is still being affected from all that shit 10 years ago yep oh one last thing sorry i know this could just go on forever and ever i'm, I'm so, i apologize i promise to happier things um if there's <laughs> if there is any offset to well i don't get paid enough i'm only making eight fifteen an hour yeah, you know what? When I when when we were that age, we didn't have the ability to go and do dumb shit on TikTok, Instagram, or OnlyFans and make easy and money viral with, with little to no skills or talent. Oh my god, I see that all the time. I I actually enjoy scrolling TikTok. I don't make any TikToks, but I do scroll it. And the amount of people with millions of followers that literally, literally one girl has got the worst accent from Boston, from like Massachusetts, and she just does her makeup multiple. She'll do multiple videos a day and she that's her money. She doesn't work. That's this, what she does. That same person would be irate at the shitty pay they get at some said, said <laughs> <Anywhere> makeup <else. laughs> store. Yeah. And it's and it's going to be interesting when when if TikTok ever dies down, if it ever because Instagram and Facebook are still going if they if their life revolves it evolves and they're no longer able to do that they're not going to be able to maintain the lives that they potentially created for themselves based on what they were doing for a short time um, save your TikTok. money yeah um so it sounds like a disgusting word I don't even know what they look like we're getting a second Culver's cheese curds sound, uh -huh. sound disgusting curds. you know who has good cheese curds um dirty bird what the hell it's, is it? What is a cheese, curd? It's it's a little cheese ball. So it's a it's a it's a it's a fucking uh, mozzarella stick, but it's it's not mozzarella. It's different kinds of cheeses, I guess, that are it fried in like a little ball. So it looks like um, if you've ever had like fried okra, it looks like that. It's just a, it's just cheese balls. Um, <laughs> I think they're delicious. I love a good cheese curd, especially if it's paired with some sort of. I think I had a cheese curd that was paired with like a like a garlic aioli with some sun-dried tomatoes. It is fantastic. I love cheese curds. I'll take them. Good for you, Culver's. I, I just wish it wasn't so far. It's close to you, but it's far from me, so I probably won't have it. I've never uh, had Culver's. Yeah, you're not near. You're not going to be near any of them. There's one in Finley. There's an Oregon one and the Spring Meadows one. Um, oh, yeah. What's the new one that's coming? Whenever I see it, see a Culver's, not that I, I'm diving into fast, fast food places, I always... <laughs> think white castle because it's white and <laughs> white and blue and i would like to have a white castle i've never had white castle mm. i've never had culver's but that's because we don't typically we only have three in ohio right or I just don't know. 
I don't think we have too many in Ohio. You know what I want to see come to the area? A Cane's chicken. Raisin Cane's. Yes, love them. Um, and I'm surprised that there isn't more businesses that are popping up over here in the Rossford, Fremont Pike area. Our traffic has gotten so much worse consistently because of Amazon. Um, and they're putting in more residential areas. And I think, I, I mean, there's like three I know of under construction over there. Um, and I think the only thing new we've gotten so far is a Jersey Mike's. More so, will come. You'll get hopefully, more Hopefully, hopefully, let's get some good stuff. I mean, I, at this point, the traffic is what it is. And I'll, I'll move. Have eventually. Thomas take you up to Detroit. Or next time you guys take a ride up to Michigan, find yourself a, a White Castle connected to a church's chicken and, and dive in. Yeah, he was shocked when I said I'd never had White, White Castle. But I'm like, you know, we had them in Cleveland, but my friends always said, don't eat it because you'll get the shits. Yep, it's like Taco Bell, but... Um, <laughs> There's so much else to get to. Uh, but I we're know. So, um, so Ben Affleck and Anna DeArmas, and I'm probably not rolling my tongue correctly to say her name. They broke up. Did they? A- amicable. She wants kids. She doesn't want to live in L.A. So here we are. How old is she? 32. And oh, OK. And he's what, 47? About that. Yeah. They, oh, okay. they were a great couple. Like They were a good looking couple. Yeah. It was like like I loved seeing their pictures because he was smiling at all of them, which he never does. Right. And uh, I adore her so much. She's very pretty. I want good things for Ben Affleck and Brad Pitt. I want to, I, I mean, you don't really hear too much of them about being like douchebags or anything like well, that. Like, he was a real dick to Jennifer Garner, but it's because he was mostly an alcoholic and a right. gambling addict. Right, right, right. I still, like, I still want good things for the, the two of them. And I would, I mean, I would love to see them in relationships that I'm like, you know what? I saw that and I like it. Like maybe Olivia Wilde and Brad Pitt. She's got Harry. Oh, fuck. That's right. Uh, That's why we were talking about her. The funny thing is uh, they, and maybe it's just a wacky paparazzi pic, but I guess it was photographed before, but taking some trash out of Ben Affleck's house, one of the things was a life-size cutout of Anna (laughs) Armas. That's so weird. I'm like, why was that there? That's weird. Obviously, hopefully it was a joke and not something like weirdly sexual, but I wouldn't put it past him. I think think it's weird, rich rich people, famous people stuff where like she's probably promoting a product and they're in Target. Or like she was in the uh, the the Knives Out movie and they go see it or they're at the theater, yeah. And maybe they're like, you know, you know how have you ever been to a movie theater and you ask for the stuff? Because I have. I haven't, but I know they give it to you. Right, 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 right. Um, And I gotta check in with Jeffy McGee. Maybe they went to the movies and and she was on a poster there and he's like, "Can I have that as a joke?" You know, I've um, is it Jeffy McGee? Yeah. So um, I didn't realize he works at the theater that Levis we always Commons. go to. Yeah, so I guarantee he knows me. Like he's like, oh yeah, you're here every week. Well, I was. If he's still there, I I do have to check in on him. Yeah, I, I like him. He's re- he seems really nice. Anyway, um, also newly single, Zoe Kravitz. I want to see what happens with that. I love her very much. She's like top of my list as that favorites. Was, that was they got they broke up last year. No, she filed for divorce oh. like three weeks ago. I had seen that, yeah, but they, they were, I think that they broke oh, up last year that. and the divorce stuff. Yeah, sorry, I didn't no. know she was so high on your grid. She is. She's. It's like her and Gal Gadot. Like, they're my two, they're my two um, aesthetics. So, like, uh, I'm usually a combination of the two as far as just my general style and personality. <laughs> I love them. Since... You uh, we're, we're on pop culture stuff. I'll I'll jump ahead a little bit. Maybe save something else for later this week. Um, mm-hmm. Are you confused and baffled by Wandavision? 
I didn't watch. So I, I tell me what you think. There were so many things on my list that I was interested in watching that we never got around to it. It's also one of the things I can't watch without Thomas, which makes like the amount of time that I have to watch it very small. But, um, and then we heard that it wasn't that great. So what do you think? I liked it. So I don't know the Scarlet Witch and, and Vision lore all that well, although I've done some reading and I've caught up because mm-hmm. Vinny told me to read some comics and I also dig into what all the... E- and there is a shit ton of Easter... Like, this is one of these things I actually asked Vinny. I was like, are there too many Easter eggs here for <laughs> the average person to enjoy it? Because I would say yes. Because if you didn't know all these hints and oh. nods... Because it's already mysterious as to what's going on. And then all the things that are sprinkled in that could help you figure it out. If you don't know them, you're going to be totally lost. I loved it. And I had one laugh out loud moment. um, Because this is the stuff. So they're going through the decades of sitcoms. And it was 50s and 60s. So that stuff my dad watched as a kid. And when I was a kid, after Price is Right was over, early in the afternoon before cartoons, the reruns were on of... Leave it to Beaver and Bewitched and all these other shows. So I would watch them. And it took me back to my childhood with these shows, with with how they um, took the aesthetic of these. Uh, But there's one laugh out loud moment where uh, where, where Vision, who is a, a a robot, gets gum caught up in his system and he acts drunk. It's fucking hysterical. Oh, I'll have to watch that. That reminds me of when I went to the movie theater to see Captain Marvel. And it was based in like the 90s. Right. So and Nirvana that, shirts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, this struck, struck a nostalgic chord with me because reruns of reruns my dad watched. But really, there's something very ominous and underlying going on and nobody has any idea what. But there's a lot of hints and nods that could help you figure it out. Um, but it's it, they're buried. I mean, it's not like we're in Iron Man. Like, it's like, hey, is that a Captain America shield on his desk? It's not like that at all. So do you think he's coming back? I've seen the um, conversations that uh, they're thinking of bringing Captain America back, but he's denying everything. Yeah, I saw that. And I was so ecstatic last week. He probably has to deny it, though. And Yeah, he said news to me. And because, here we go, people, business. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. I, I, he loves that character. And that's why I love him in that role. In fact, I read something today. He was talking about how the first time he saw it, uh, Endgame, Endgame, he said, uh, usually he gets a screener or something, but he saw mm-hmm. it with an audience and he said he was like a kid and had chills during, yeah. during the hammer moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I love that he loves that. So I always thought Robert Downey Jr. was never going away because why would you turn down a Marvel paycheck? I was wrong. I think they will find a way to bring him back in some way. It's comics. There's already storylines that they can bake in. They can make them up. I just hope it's not old Steve. Yeah, and I when I saw that, it made me feel good on the inside. And like I've been talking to you about this, but um, Thomas and I were talking about it because he asked. I said we should rewatch the most recent Star Wars movies. I want to see them again with like Kylo Ren and things like that. And he's like, "Are they going to make any more?" I said, "No." <laughs> Like, no. And I remember how I felt when I watched the last movie. And I remember how I felt when we saw the last Avengers. And I'm just like, why are they done? 
Um, and I saw there was a little Facebook clip of the hammer scene when Thor came in and I got goosebumps and like I get all teary eyed when I watch really good scenes of Daenerys Targaryen and Game of Thrones. And I'm just like, I am deeply connected to these things and I don't want them to be over. So now I'm yeah. just rewatching and I'm getting like all these awkward emotions because I'm like, I love this so much. But then at the same time, I'm back to reality and it's like they're done. You know, they're they're not they're not no, coming back. It, it's true mourning and, and, yes. and slight depression you get. In fact, I rewatch things that I don't necessarily love just so I can. So, in, for instance, Daredevil. Yeah. Second favorite superhero. I was so excited that it was going to be a violent Netflix show. It's not a, it's not like the apex of great comic book stuff, but mm -hmm. there are moments. And part of it is I just go back and rewatch it because I loved how excited I was that it was just on TV. Not that it's that great, but I want to relive the feeling. Um, before we end, I have some, um, I'm getting some news alerts. Do you want me to share? Yeah, hit me. So I have CNN on. I always have CNN on when we're, when we're podcasting and they're waiting. Joe Biden has arrived in D.C., so the camera is on him getting ready to leave the airplane. But now Trump is live giving a farewell speech, mm, <laughs> which I feel like was done intentionally because the news has been focusing on Joe Biden for so long. But also um, there was 12 um, service guard members that were removed from their work during the inauguration because of the investigations into their background. Apparently there's some sketchy stuff. So they feel like it, they just wouldn't be good to work there. That was um, up from two earlier today. Yeah, there's 12 and one of them is local to Ohio. And mm. I believe, so I will, um, I will just share like the news headline and it said that there was a guard member who, um, come on phone. You always do this to me. Here we go. Okay. It said, oh, now it's giving me all my weather alerts. Anyway, um, it said U.S. soldier from Ohio was arrested in a plot to blow up the New York City 9-11 memorial, which is beautiful, might I add. Um, so he's currently a soldier. And there was 12 others that were um, on assignment in D.C. for the inauguration that got removed from their assignments based on the investigations. That's scary to me like that. The fact that they have to now investigate our own service members so that there isn't any kind of um, plots or any windows of opportunity for um, these insurrectionists and these terrorists, 100% terrorists to get in. That's just scary. I'm I, glad I, they're doing it, but it's I, scary. I was more concerned when they used, they said that these people could infiltrate, you know, the National Guard. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, 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 yep. infiltrate? You hired some of these people and they've been there for <laughs> years. You just, no one ever brought their views to light because they had no reason to. But now all of a sudden, you know, somebody poked these people and now all of a sudden they get a wild hair and they're dangerous. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, scary. It's, a, it's, it's scary stuff. It's a weird world. And um, I don't yeah. know why you would want to bomb that. I don't know why you would want to attack the 9-11 memorial. Like, I don't I don't understand what the motivation is behind that. Um, and then there's a couple news headlines that apparently there's been an online increase in conversations related that. to America, Americans interested in traveling to Russia. <laughs> Did you see that? No, just uh, online discussion that something something's being planned, which at this point, somebody brought up a good point. Like, why are we even having the inauguration? In fact, let's marvel the fuck out of this. Let's have <laughs> it be a hologram. 
projected like in the in front of the Capitol or wherever they do the inauguration, yeah. and Biden will be in a basement somewhere that's bulletproof and bombproof. I mean, the fact that like they obviously there's so many people watching these online um, conversations amongst these types of groups, these groups of people that are that we've been focusing on the last couple of days. I won't like. Named, I won't even pretend like I know all the names, but the fact that there's increased conversation on how to get over to Russia and to get passports to Russia and visas to Russia. I don't I'm know like, if, are you kidding? Yeah, I don't know how much I buy that. I, 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 I buy it 100%. It sounds a little sensational because like even if I'm like a diehard Trump, if, even if I'm a capital scaler, I don't know if I'm going to mm-hmm. go to Russia. I mean, there are other countries I'm going to go to, but... I mean, Trump even, well, he doesn't say that, you know, they're an enemy, whatever. Can I throw one last thing yeah. at you? Yeah. Uh, so the New York Mets new general manager got fired because four years ago he was sexting someone who didn't want the sex. And we have a new officer. I just had two or I'm sorry, I got hacked. Um, and I never thought I would see a picture like this on ESPN.com. It's obviously all blacked out. But his name is Jared Porter. He said, it's not my dick. It's just a stock photo pick. So he got fired because somebody claims that he sent inappropriate text messages and he's denying them and saying it's not him. Well, no, 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 no. He definitely, it was a female reporter he was hitting on and she didn't oh, okay. want the advances. And he was being annoying, mm-hmm. and there was like 60 unanswered messages, and he sent a dick pic. Um, oh. But he's going with the excuse, it's not my dick, it's just a stock photo pic, d- dick pic. I mean, do what you have to, but like... Well, wait a <laughs> second. Like, what? why do you have that there? And even if you, even if that's the truth, you're still going to get in trouble, so just send your own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he would have gotten in trouble based on everything, it sounds like everything else, and then he sent that anyway. But um, but it's just the fact that he has, he's going with the, oh, it's it's not my dick. It's a stock photo. I mean, but like, it's laughable. Is this because it's a legal matter now? Uh, he was trying to fight for his job. I do, see. Do, would you like, I'm going to reverse some things. Would you send another guy, not obviously if you weren't in a relationship, would you send another guy pictures of another woman's breasts? I don't know. That's what he did. You know what? Like, I'm sure it's happened before where somebody wants a nude and they don't feel comfortable sending their own nude. So they send like, yeah, I don't, that's actually kind of smart, but weird at the same time. I don't know. You I know, don't, take a, I, take I, a I, screenshot of a porn scene or something where they, they've got like a, <laughs> Philip. That's right. Everybody you, needs to did, use Philip. Did you see him on Instagram this weekend? I saw something. I don't know if it was this weekend or a couple days ago, but they blacked out his willy. Yeah, so we, he, he looked like an alien. We talked about this on Friday. Uh, <laughs> he apparently posted them without proper editing. And oh. if somebody did some unediting, you could see his dick. No, these are underwear pictures. And the under there was a lot being asked from the front of the underwear. I love Philly and his confidence. I didn't know, like, I don't know him that well. Like, I love the relationship with we, that we have, but it doesn't go beyond, like, recent. And so I didn't know any of that about him. So it all makes sense. But um, good for him. I wish I could do that. I wish I could be one of those girls that, like, shares my body as it is and doesn't yeah. try to hide behind big sweaters and leggings. 
Last know, summer is summer's around the corner, you know. From your mouth, can't wear big sweaters and leggings <laughs> Absolutely, last thing because Twitter's having a day. So, uh, Chance the Rapper just posted a Twitter poll: best, better overall actor, Brad Pitt, Johnny Depp, Edward Norton, Leo DiCaprio. And the top comment so far is: I thought Johnny Depp was an actual pirate for ten years. Yeah, I would say Johnny Depp because he does. He has. He has such a variety of characters. Everybody else has like similar, except Edward Norton. Um, uh, wait, hold on. Here we go again. That's because Johnny Depp is weird. Like that's not acting talent. Yeah. He's just weird. I mean, no, but I, I mean, but he's also played, well, let me think of some roles where he played like a character Brad Pitt would play. I can't think of any right now, but I know that he's done them. I mean, yes, he's weird, but he's, he, he plays the roles extremely well in a way that none of those other folks could do. Let me tell you something. They didn't call anybody before they called Johnny Depp for Pirates of the Caribbean or the Willy Wonka remake because they needed weird and they went right to him. Uh, but also, um, isn't he in Sweeney Todd? And Weird. I mean, he, yeah, he's, Edward Smith, Scissorhands, weird. Yeah, yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. Speaking of which, we watched the 1992 version of Dracula last night with Keanu Reeves. It was great. fantastic. Hey, Dracula. Yeah, with Keanu Reeves That's and the great, creepy ass Gary Oldman. <laughs> yes, and Winona Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Thomas was like, let's watch. I said, I'm in a Keanu Reeves mood. Pick a movie. Dracula. <laughs> I used to criticize. That was what we watched. I've I, never seen it. It's great. I I used to be critical of Keanu Reeves. I was like, he's great as long as he didn't have I to talk outside of like noises from his mouth. And then he did John Wick, which there's not a lot of talking uh -huh. and dialogue. And I'm like, now I like him, but he is not a great actor. Like not dialogue wise. Yeah, he does. I've, I haven't seen him in roles where he needs to have like a, a wide range of acting. Like you have John Wick and then... Um, fucking the matrix right. and yeah i don't know but i love keanu reeves like 30 year old alex is like ooh, jesus steamy although when i was in my 20s and teens i'm like ew you know I, i'm not into it and also i have a new love and obsession for um simon hastings from bridgerton is he the, the light-skinned black guy yes okay, i can't reggie reggie yeah. reggie something reggie page um, whatever you, I think since I'll just stay with that. And have you watched, you ever watched Luther? No, I right. haven't. Um, do you ever watch the, the Benedict Sherlock? Kind of sometimes. All right. If you do like British stuff and those are some British things, uh, Lupin, it's L U P I N on Netflix is really, really good. I think I've seen you talk about that. It's on Netflix? Oh, yeah. No, I have seen that. You didn't watch it, though. No, but I've seen it. I've seen, it's on my list. He is a gentleman burglar. Like It's like Robin Hood meets <laughs> MacGyver. Um, and it's played by Omar Sy, who played Bishop in one of the X-Men movies, which probably doesn't mean a damn thing to you, but he's a very good actor. Yeah, I'll have to take a look. I haven't even... There's so many things. Like, we watched the... Um, Something wire about the outside the, the wire with outside Anthony the wire. Mm -hmm. I, should, I, should I watch it? Um, it was okay. I, you know what? I was interested. I was definitely we. I and it's because Thomas and I were coming up with theories that we were dead wrong in the end, but we were just coming up with all these theories about what was happening and why. So it was a good. I think it was our Friday night movie. I think because I, I I like these Netflix action movies. 
I um, do too. So I loved Extraction, mostly because there were some great fight scenes. Um, and then there's another one. What was the one with Charlize Theron where they're, they're, they're kind of like X-Men-like? Oh, yeah. Is it more? No. I want to say they, Immortals. They, they, beat up, they beat up the guy yeah. from Harry Potter. Yeah, but they're like immortal. Like right, 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 right. It, it involves like crime. It involves like they fighting in magic. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> uh, okay, was Outside the Wire as good as those two? No, but it okay. was still. No, no, it, it isn't. It, it wasn't, but I thought it was really good. Like I didn't, like when I was watching Wonder Woman, I was on my phone and got up and like cooked mm. in the middle of it. Where for this one, I sat down and watched the whole thing. Did, so, uh, have you ever watched any of like, the really high level fighting movies like the raid or the night comes for us. I don't think, no, Probably I haven't not. seen any Has of those. Thomas. Probably. So they, there's a couple actors and I don't know their names. I can't pronounce them. One guy, his name is Lewis Tan, but the other guy is I don't know if they speak English. Um, oh, then he'll, then he's seen it. The fight scenes <laughs> are incredible. Like, yeah. They're amazing. And, they're supposed to be giving that treatment to the next Mortal Kombat movie, and I yes. am ecstatic. They, they said so, there's, a, there's like a brutal 10-minute Sub-Zero Scorpion fight scene. I believe it. So we, we nerded out about that and King Kong um, this weekend when we saw the HBO release, like their little three-second clips of each movie that's coming out. HBO Max. Yes. And uh, we were really excited for Mortal Kombat. I'm sorry. I mean, Thomas more than me because that like he'll watch for He loves like Korean films and fight like, you know, fighting movies, even the old ones. And sometimes I'm like, hey, I don't want to watch a fight movie. Can we watch Married at First Sight today? <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but for the most part, I'm I'm with him on it. But yeah, we're both really excited for Mortal Kombat. I remember going to the malls, and maybe they still have them. There was always a guy at the mall kiosk selling all these bootleg martial arts movies. Um, really? Yeah, and I, I never I never got into the old stuff, but I my friend turned me on to some of these, and they're incredible. They're like the dialogue, it's it's not. They're usually not in English, but you can yep. even turn off the subtitles because yep. it's all about the fighting. Like it, I gotta yeah. say, I'm gonna send you one of these, and you'll have to let me know what you think. Okay. Yeah. What's the What's the one with the black guy? Thomas always says he wants to be him. Michael High White. It's him. What's trust the, me. What's the name of the movie though? Isn't it like Soul Karate or something like that? Or I don't know. I don't know. What are you talking about? The black guy that was briefly he was killed in the Dark Knight. I don't even remember. I don't remember, but Thomas wants to be him for Halloween every year where he wears an afro and he doesn't wear a shirt and he's the karate. Oh, this guy is, no, he doesn't have an afro, but he's a martial arts dude. I forget that. I forget. Right, I'm going to send you this. So, um, wow, we went almost two hours. I know. Isn't that funny? We, you should just end it when you think you can end it. And then the rest is just us talking. No, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. All right. I'll talk to you later. I'm going to send you this video link right now. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.